I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Hello, Waco, and welcome to Waco PD on the beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. And I'm Janae Draper with the Neighborhood Engagement Team. That's right, and we work here at the Waco Police Department. What's wrong? I forgot to say officer oh, again. Oh, okay, try again. Okay. Go ahead. And I'm Officer Janae Draper with the Neighborhood Engagement Team. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. You think as many times as we've done this podcast, I would get the intro I down. I know, but it has been, it has been <laughs> a hot minute because... I've been in and out with different conferences and trainings. You've been in and out. So, but we're yeah. back and we're back with some exciting news. Exactly. And it just shows that we don't like just, we do these fresh every time. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we have the Behavioral Health Network. Uh, Stacy Steger is here again with us. We had her on a few episodes back and we have a, another repeating um, a guest here on our, on our podcast, which is Susie Murray. And she is in our dispatch center. And exciting news, ladies, right? Yes. Yes? (laughs) (laughs) Exciting news, new news. Um, Okay, so first of all, mental health is a really big topic, right? But before we get into all this podcast, Stacey, before we were starting recording all this, you were talking about the difference kind of moving from mental health and talking about behavioral health. And kind of doing that umbrella, and that's kind of like a different term that we're using moving forward here, talking about these types of these types of you know illnesses that um, someone might be going through. Um, So explain again why we're going to be using the term behavioral health for this podcast. So as many of y'all know, we were formerly Heart of Texas Region uh, MHMR, and. intentionally changed our name to Heart of Texas Behavioral Health Network as behavioral health is more encompassing in terms of covering not only mental health, but also substance use disorder and all others that fall under that umbrella. And so we want to ensure that the services that we provide are holistic and meeting all the needs as, as, as we come um, and engage our community, you know, with behavioral health and not just one sect, but all aspects. So behavioral health is like a broad umbrella term that mental illness maybe falls under. Absolutely. So it, expanding it to behavioral health encompasses everything, not just mental illness, but everything that falls under that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you guys might be wondering why we are talking about this and why this is such a big deal and why we have our, our dispatch uh, director here in in this room with us. And that's because we're going to have some new positions in our dispatch center. Yes, we are partnering or collaborating with the Heart of Texas Behavioral Health Network to have behavioral health clinicians inside of dispatch. And that is amazing. It is like that. Like we were just talking about that before the podcast. I've heard whispers about it, um, you know, a little bit. And I was like, man, that's going to probably take forever. And then here we are. And I'm like, wow, like, how fast it happened was absolutely awesome. And the fact that, you know, this position is coming available, it's, it's much needed, um, much needed position. I think it's going to be very beneficial to the city. Yeah. Well, and so remind me, Susie, you guys went somewhere to a different department in a different state. Yes. Because they have this, right? Uh-huh. Where was we that at? To, we went to Denver and we went to Austin. Uh-huh. So we've been to Denver and we've okay. been to Austin um, to check out their operations and how they've incorporated having 
um, behavioral health, mental health um, clinicians inside of their dispatch centers. Yeah, yeah. And so how many positions, Stacey? Now, these are positions that are going to be hired by BHN, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, And the three positions we currently have open and are on our website, it's uh, www.hotbhn.org. Got to put that in there. That's so right. That'd so be y'all know see, where to go. If you guys didn't catch that, she said the applications are open now. They are open. Hot off the press. That's right. Interviews happening. Um, so the three positions that we currently have are program manager over the Heart of Texas Crisis Call Diversion Program. So if you hear Crisis Call Diversion Program, um, that'll be what's associated with, with what we're speaking about today. Um, but we have a program manager. It's for a clinician um, that will provide oversight for the whole program and supervision um, to do clinical staffing, right? Because we know that this work is really difficult. And so we're going to have that position to aid in in managing the program as well as the calls that come in and helping to work through um, more difficult cases. We also have a, an extended MCOT. So extended MCOT is Mobile Crisis Outreach Team. That individual is going to be housed in dispatch as well. They're going to be available to go out on calls. So if we get a behavioral health call and they need additional supports, that individual will be housed there and be able to go out on those calls as needed. Um, the third position is a crisis call uh, specialist, and that individual will be the individual that takes the calls. So as they come in, they're going to talk to the person, see what their needs are, and um, work through the resources and, and what that person needs and, and complete a crisis assessment. So um, those three positions are going to work very closely together. And um, Susie, I don't know if you want to talk more about really the purpose of this program and how we're here to serve y'all, you know? One of the things that we deal with a lot in dispatch, um, taking 911 calls and even non-emergency calls, are those calls where police really aren't needed. It's not... Um, it's, it's not a criminal offense that's taking place. Um, a lot of times it's someone needing social resources or uh, mental health um, services. But because we don't have those things to provide to them, our only course of action is to send an officer to go check on them. Yeah. And make sure that they're, you know, that they're okay for the most part. Um, there are sometimes we're able to talk to them because sometimes they they're just wanting someone to talk to. Nothing's really wrong. They're not giving us any indication that they're going to harm themselves or anybody else. But we have those frequent callers, right? Mm-hmm. That as soon as they call, we recognize their name. Um, so we know who they are. So we kind of gather and we know their baseline uh, and that how they operate and how they talk. And so we can communicate with them for a couple minutes on the phone. And that may be good for a few days or a few weeks before we hear back, you know, before we hear back from them. So what we'll be able to do with Stacy's team is that when we get those calls, instead of us staying on the phone with them, we'll be able to give them over to one of the behavioral health um, personnel, and they can talk to them and help them with those resources that they may need. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is going to be three positions, and we're on a four-year grant, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. And so hopefully, I mean, data will be collected and all that. And then as those four years kind of 
creep up on us because we'll know they'll go by real fast, right? <laughs> um, then hopefully we can do something to where it's it's that program that is absorbed with whether it's in the city's budget or something that we continue with BHN and anything like that would be would be awesome. So that's kind of the you know a, a little snippet of, of what we're of what we're doing, which is so cool. Susie, talk about I'm gonna I'm gonna mess that up every time, Stacy and Susie. I'm just I'm gonna. <laughs> Go back. I know. All the you can time. call us Stoozy. Stoozy. As much time as we spend together, and I'm always hassling her, I really, yeah. That's going to stick. That's catchy, Stoozy. I like it's, it. Yeah. I like it's it. It's kind of like Stoozy from, what was that, the 90s? Remember that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm that old. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> every, um, to all the listeners out there, when I just made that comment, everybody in the room just looked at me blankly. <laughs> so, um <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness um reminder I'll note to, to look up it. Stussy yeah okay um <laughs> so tragic um well anyway anyway so Stacy talk about how excited BHN is to be a, like okay well actually first I want to talk about who called who and was like hey well, I have got this idea we need you who do you remember that do you remember do you remember that when did we first meet, Susie? Or, or when, or what? Denver. Yeah. Was it was it the Denver, Denver trip that Stacy and I met. Okay. So this was already going on in the background between yeah. our administration and BHN's administration. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how the dispatch piece came to be, but I know I ended up on the trip yeah. to Denver, and that's where Stacy and I met. Mm-hmm. We started realizing kind of what this was going to look like, and we're like, I think this is coming down to us. Like, Susie, I think this is us. Like, that's what this is. I think that's why they brought us here. I think I'm catching on. These are really, these are really cool ideas. And uh, yeah, we got some things to figure out here. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And then oh our friendship blossomed. Yeah. A fast friendship, that's yes, for sure, right? For sure. And we, you know, and we knew, I mean, even unbeknownst to one another, we're constantly working together because, you know, with our extended mobile crisis outreach or our mobile crisis outreach team that we currently have, we get police consults. So we get calls through dispatch where um, an officer is out on scene, a deputy is out on scene, and, and they want a clinician to come out, you know, yeah. for a second yeah. pair of eyes to do a crisis assessment and to divert from the ER, to divert from jail, yeah. right? Because that's our objective here. We want to ensure that um, law enforcement is out doing what they need to do and are freed up to do the things that they need to be doing. And so really this relationship has been going on long before – we yeah. were actually, you know, yeah. it'll just um, be it'll be easier now because you guys are in the dispatch center. Right. You guys are getting yes. those calls as we in are. real time. Yes. yes, and it's not like the transfer like you are literally on the same floor in the center. But even though you're transferring the call, like the communication level, you know, sometimes we're yeah. like or the telephone, but you're all right there, and the communication levels work. Absolutely. So y'all can actually see. We're talking about this before too. Like, see the calls that actually come into dispatch. Yes. You can see the mental health calls or the behavioral health calls. Um, that come in and, and it's just a better understanding altogether. Absolutely. And whereas right now we may be, we may receive a call f- from law enforcement. They're currently on the street. They're currently with this individual that is experiencing a behavioral health crisis, right? And so then we come, we meet there and so on and so forth. Um, I think when we are able to intervene at this level, it's gonna it's gonna expedite the services we're able to provide, mm-hmm. and it's also trauma informed. 
more trauma-informed, right? Yeah. Because if somebody's experiencing a crisis and there's this person out on scene and then you have to wait for this other team to come out, mm -hmm. then they're going to ask a lot of the same questions again, right? Yeah. And so they're having to go through it again. And then wherever their disposition is, right, wherever they end up, they may go through another oh, those intake process. Mm -hmm. And so really it's just a more trauma-informed and um, mindful way to handle behavioral health yeah. crisis, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually very beneficial too because yeah. as much, you know, as we're trained, as officers are trained in um, behavioral health and stuff like that, we don't know all the resources that y'all provide. And so Absolutely. having, you know, even though we go out on scene, we might provide something to listen, you know, someone to, for them to talk to and be able to listen. We just don't know everything there is to know. And so now having this position it's just, it's almost taken out the middleman of how it was before. Like, we'd go out and see, and we'd still end up calling y'all. Now it just goes directly to y'all. They can get the resources and actually the knowledge that they need to know. And then, it again, it frees up an officer for law enforcement criminal yes. offenses. Yes. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Um, officers, we still will send an officer mm -hmm. if necessary. Mm -hmm. So in the case that um, it's a suicide in progress, right, mm -hmm. um, they're using a weapon, knife, gun, something of that magnitude, we will still follow our normal protocol by dispatching mm -hmm. police to that location. However, Stacy's team will be able to talk to them. So right now, we're taking on that responsibility. The dispatcher the is. The dispatcher is mm -hmm. staying on the line until police can get there. Um, and we all know if you've been in dispatch at any time, <laughs> the phones don't stop ringing. Yeah. Um, and when, the, when it's those kinds of calls, I mean, we can easily end up on the phone 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, sometimes yeah. depending on where the, where the caller is. Mm -hmm. Um, and if this is a city response or a county response and all of that, if we can get the location, you know, the proper location. Um, so we have all those things to take into account, but now we can give this call over to someone who has that level of training mm -hmm. and can talk to that person and can de-escalate de the call mm -hmm. better than we can mm -hmm. um, in a sense because this is what they do yeah and sometimes right. it might even be prior to police arriving if they yes. have to be on scene which might help again de-escalate things yes. going down yes again it's very fit beneficial and, and safety reasons so yeah and i think the collaboration too also builds trust in the community because i think as we work together and have a better understanding of what the other does right that distrust oftentimes comes from lack of understanding lack of insight into what the other is dealing with day to day and so i think the collaboration too helps with that because I think as we're working together in the community with law enforcement, you know, Waco PD, Heart Attacks Behavioral Health Network, and they see that we're all working together for the betterment of our community. Yeah, and for the same that, goal. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. Susie, how often would you say, I know I didn't tell you to come up with any numbers for this, but how often would you say a behavioral health call might come into your dispatch center? Oh, gosh. Um we take those calls daily. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's not as um, severe as a suicide, um, you know, in progress or, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Sometimes it's a parent that needs help parenting their child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, ha you know, it's those kinds of calls um, where the parent just needs a little, little extra support in, in those areas. Um, sometimes it's welfare checks. 
like, hey, I got this weird message from my cousin. She normally doesn't talk like this. You know, yeah. you know I'm concerned about her. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's just going through a tough time and family didn't know of anyone else to call except for 911. Yeah. And we do what we can as far as, you know, sending an officer out for a welfare check, you know, to make sure that they're okay. So uh, we get quite a bit of those calls. And our busiest call time is usually the afternoon second shift. Oh, yeah, I can speak to that. That's the one I worked. So, <laughs> so we get a, we get a, the bulk of those calls during second shift. And so and that's where we're going to focus having the mental health and behavioral health uh, personnel is during that time frame. So are they going to be staffed every day? I know you said like they're hours, so they're not going to be there every like 24 hours. But are they going to be there seven days or what are we still working out these details? No, we have we have we finally. Yeah. Monday through Friday for now. Okay, And it'll be 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Okay, yeah. Okay. So that's a big portion good. Of. And, you know, I think that's the idea, too, of this being a brand-new program is we tried to make it as, you know, people typically go for the – a lot of people typically go for the jobs the 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, because it's predictable. They have kiddos, that kind of thing. So we tried to kind of fall in line with that a little bit, but then deviate going a little bit later into the evening and so but hopefully you know a lot of programs like with integral health in austin and i'm sure with denver as well um they start out you know smaller to Sure. For I mean, we have to, yeah, yeah we have to see it to make sure it works. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so ideally, and we know because we saw this at Integral Health, you know, in Austin, that they started in the same capacity, that they had fewer days, fewer hours. Mm-hmm. But over time, as there was proof of concept, that they were able to expand and see where that need was. You right. know, I was going to say, you guys went to those cities and they, I'm sure their programs were well advanced Robust. to what we're yes. starting with. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Absolutely. so, I mean, how I, that's got to be a little bit intimidating, right? Not really. Okay, good. Uh, I like the, I like the yeah. positive energy. Yeah. So I'm going to start really somewhere. You crawl before yes. you walk. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good to see where we could go. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's how I saw it. Um, didn't get intimidated by what they had, but just I'm like, okay, so in two years or three years or five years, this is where – Look what we can have. Yeah, this is where we can be if we keep this up and we keep the momentum. We have to start somewhere. Because Waco's only growing, and it's only going to get bigger. So these calls calls aren't going away. No, You know, if anything, they're going to come in more. Um, And so having that, like you said, seeing where it can grow from here is is actually really good because, again, like Waco is is only growing, which is a great thing. And with such a big topic that behavioral health is, and we – and – the society as a whole has said it's okay to say you're not okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to reach out yes. for help and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the people are doing is they're reaching out. So we have to partner with organizations like BHN and BHN has to partner with organizations yes. like us at the police department to help reach those individuals yeah. that we tell reach out. <laughs> right. You right. have to have a response to them. Because yeah. yeah. we yeah. want them to call. We yeah. don't want someone to suffer in silence. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't want them to take drastic measures and you know, and to do something that yeah. um, would harm themselves, hurt their families yeah. or or anyone else. So if you're hurting, call us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call us. Yeah. And that yeah. was so I had a, a thought, but it just lost me. But I was gonna say something. I'm sure it was so good. No, it's gone. It's okay. You think, was, think on it. I'm you come think back on it. to yeah. it. So, because I was going to say, obviously, 
you know, our officers and our dispatchers, we only scratch the surface when it comes to training for behavioral health type calls and issues and things like that. And Stacy, we know that BHN and the individuals that are going to be hired through this new program, obviously are going to have a much more extensive kind of training. So what, what is that training going to look like for these positions? So we, you're correct. We do. Um, we have um, roughly a two-week training when individuals are hired through our agency, and they have individualized crisis training. So um, from crisis assessments, when we're doing um, our suicide assessment scales, all those different things, and in terms of how to de-escalate, how to um, complete treatment planning, safety planning, things like that. So in really just working with individuals um, in a trauma-informed, person-focused way, you know, and and so person-centered, you know, is very, very important to us. And so really saying that we want to serve each individual as a unique person, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's easy, especially... And I'm sure, Susie, you can speak to it when you're getting so many calls coming through the day. Um, that can be difficult, but to see each call, each person as unique and their situation is unique and how to handle that appropriately and respond um, in the best way possible, providing the least restrictive options possible. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's really where we're at. And, and then... The individuals that are going to be coming in from our agency and and embedding into dispatch, um, they're going to be learning all of y'all's ways as well. And so they're going to kind of be dual trained, right? Because they're going to learn. That's what I was going to get to after you were done, but you started it. Yeah, Yeah, and that's what Susie and I have been going over. And I know um, we've been coming over and shadowing at dispatch and sitting in on calls and just learning the ropes, yeah. you know, because that's a whole other energy and a whole other culture. Yeah. So I got to ask, learning. like, what do you think? Like after sitting in on some of it, like, yeah, it is, you know, with behavioral health calls, um, I, my coworkers and the team that I work with, uh, the mobile crisis outreach team, um, our continuity of care and our respite teams, they're just amazing people. And, but the calls that we're getting while diverse our behavioral health calls. And so sitting in on these calls for hours at a time um, has been really interesting because you're going from one, there's a car wreck. And then next thing you know, I can't find this person. And then the next thing you know, it's this and it's, wow. I thought, I thought, I thought crisis calls on the behavioral (laughs) health side were intense. Um, Dispatch is a roller coaster. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I have mad respect because just like you said, like the amount of just calls and, and sometimes as officers, like Susie, you, you mentioned it, like there's some things that y'all take care of on the dispatch end that never gets to the police, yes. you know, dispatched to us. So, yeah. I mean, they're, y'all are, and, and y'all are doing it sometimes with a lot of less people than you should be doing it with. Yes. I mean, and we so answer two and a half to three times more phone calls than we ever dispatch. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was like amazing to me because I, like I knew it, but it, it doesn't resonate until like, like you actually say it and you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I knew that. But then like thinking like, hey, we actually take some calls, talk to these people, you know, do this and then get off the phone and don't actually dispatch them because we get yeah. dispatched a lot of calls. Yeah. But then to think that y'all take some that we never even see mm-hmm. on top of that, 
because those phones are always ringing. I don't know about you, but if I walked out of the ninth floor, I would just be hearing the phone ringing. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, because I, I get that sometimes too, where I think my phone's ringing and it's not, but I, I thought I <clears throat> could have swore I heard it, heard it. Susie, is that what you have when you have, when you're at home, <laughs> <laughs> you hear the 911 line ringing? No, I tune it out pretty oh, well. Oh, goodness. Because <laughs> I feel like I would hear it all the time, just embedded. My yeah. family keeps me busy. That's good. That's good, so though. It's, yeah. yeah, so you don't hear it as much. But when you're here, yeah. you hear it a lot. Yeah. yeah. They are unbelievably, like, that's the other thing is in terms of, like, just mad respect. It is, they're calm. Oh, I mean, they so are calm. up there. And it is, like, I, I do remember the first day when I went up there with y'all. And it was, like, <laughs> Ring, 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 and it's just all happening. They're all just taking their little, taking their calls, and it was just, it was mind blowing, just how unbelievably. And then just move on to the next. No matter what happened in the call before, they mm-hmm. just move on to the next. It one. was calm. It was professional. It was yes. on top of it, and just that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So they're very, they're very inspiring to us, you know. Well, just as as Stacy was blown away by the amount of of dispatching that's going on in dispatch. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> uh, Susie, anything that, that you were, that you learned or a light bulb that went off in your head when you were learning about the behavioral health side of things and, and those kinds of, of calls and just this collaboration. So the call aspect is kind of like, uh, you know, we, we deal with those calls right. a mm-hmm. lot on our end, but it's just the idea of having someone who this is their specialty. Yes. And this is what, they do. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I look forward to the most because I look, I'm looking forward to um, myself and my staff of us being able to get tips from them on yeah. how to handle these calls, especially when they're not there. Well, cause I'm sure I was going to mm-hmm. say these dispatchers that we have now are going to be able to hear and learn yes. from these clinicians that are coming in and they're going to be able to utilize that in yes. their own calls. Yeah. Yes. And I think uh, some yeah. of that would be some of the best training too. Is like you can go through classes, but actually experiencing it. Experiences of you have friends. to, yeah, yeah. 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 Learn so much especially more. in in this kind of field. It's you know, it's you can read about this in books all day long, and it's it's, it's not until you're hands on. Yeah. You get that first right. phone call, and all of a yeah. sudden, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. And this is just, I mean, I'm still blown away. Again, like I just found out, like that this is, is coming to Waco. Like, I heard bits and pieces, but to find out these, you know, it's, it's actually happening now, like, I'm mind-blown because I think it's awesome. Um, and I'm so excited that this is happening and, you know, and, and you're coming in. I just had to throw that to be. I still have not remembered what I was going to say um, a second <laughs> ago, but I'm just, I'm still just super excited that this is happening, and I think it's been much needed. Yeah, um, yes. I was going to say, because, I mean, we don't have a, you know, you were an officer out on the streets, but we don't have a current officer out here on the streets. But, I mean, you can attest to just that of the calls that when you guys go out there. Yeah. As, as an officer, I mean, I'm sure there's times where you do all you can, but you know that. There's just, sometimes, there like, and, and I can, there's a couple times, like, going out on calls, you know, just from the, the training. You know, we've, we've got bits and pieces and a whole lot of training but we don't have like just a broad range of specialized, like when it comes to that. And so there'd be some times like, and I think also too, sometimes they would be reserved with it being an officer trying to open up as much. Um, And so someone in uniform is intimidating. Yeah. And so, you know, there might be some times where 
it might be an EDO or it might not be an EDO, but it just, I felt like, man, I wish I could have done more or could have offered him more, but I just didn't know. Um, And so I feel like this is going to be extremely beneficial. Again, just having y'all there with those amount of resources that, I mean, that y'all have that we just don't know are are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Yeah, because at the end of the day is, this is an opportunity for us to better serve our community. Exactly. I, we have people in our community who are hurting. Yeah. And they don't need another police response. They need social services. Yeah. They need someone that can talk to. They need someone that can give them some coping skills. They need someone that can direct them on how to navigate their mental health, maybe coordinate to get them into a treatment plan. Those things that um, in a perfect world that we would be able to offer that as a police department. But the reality is right. police officers are there to enforce the law. They're there to deal with criminal offenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and the time just isn't there to really give a lot of these behavioral and mental health situations the time that, that it needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. that would be the thing, you know, working on the street is you've got all these calls, you know, and you would love to spend hours and hours because um, sometimes they just need people there to talk to. And, and not saying that we rush call to call. That's not all I'm saying. Right. But we, we also have to manage yes. um, certain things as well. And, again, like sometimes just having them as much as I would try and say, hey, you're not in trouble. I'm just here to help. Still being that officer in uniform mm-hmm. was still kind of sometimes intimidating for me. And, now, you know, I try to break that barrier as much as I could. But sometimes just it, it still was hard to see through mm-hmm. that. Um, and so again, I think just having someone specialized in that to kind of work through that, because again, they, they need time to work through, you know, they are hurting, they are feeling these things. They don't know where to reach out to, what to do, how to process it Mm -hmm. and have someone kind of work through those steps with them. That's actually, this is their specialty. What they do is really, you know, much needed and in the community. And it's not, especially when we're in, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and that's what we want people to do is know to reach out. But when we say we want people to reach out, we need to have a place for them to reach out to. Absolutely. And now, you know, uh, Susie, you said it earlier, sometimes people call because they don't know what else to call. So they, they call 911. And yes. so now having that direct, you know, yep. avenue right there is really, really beneficial. So again, I'm excited. I've said that 10 times, but I'm super excited. Well, the I, I think I, it's a great step. It is. And I think the other idea is that there's no wrong door to get help. And that's what yeah. this opens up to. I mean, um, people could call and it was already, you know, this way. But I think even more so, you know, in terms of being able to call in crisis, they've always <laughs> they've always called, you know, 911 traditionally because yes. we're trained that from an early, early oh, age, yeah. you know, um, to do that. But I think this this will definitely offer more support. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I can't wait to see where all this goes. I know that we've got you, Stacey and you, Susie, that are, I mean, basically leading this situation here. (laughs) Practically, right? You're staying, she's saying it out loud. It's real now. It's real now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I know, I know that our community is in good hands with, with you guys, because you do have a passion for your work. And and I've seen you guys uh, talk and, and just the, the love and care that you have for our community says a lot. And so I think that this is only, only going to show some really positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anything else that you guys want to say or talk about? Let's say again 
the amount of positions that are open and where they can go to apply. Yes, again, uh, three positions available at this point um, through the Heart of Texas Behavioral Health Network website. So www.hotbhn.org. And we have a program manager position, a clinician. That might be a licensed clinical social worker, a licensed professional counselor. Uh, they'll provide oversight for this program and also provide clinical supervision for the individuals that are there. Um, the next position is our extended mobile crisis outreach team position. So this individual um, will respond in real time to crisis calls that come in and may need in-person intervention. Um, and then the third position is the uh, crisis call specialist. And so that individual um, will be the call taker, the individual that once the 911 call comes in and it's it's deemed a behavioral health call and it goes to this clinician, then they'll speak with that individual over the phone um, to see what resources they can provide, complete a crisis assessment, and then help determine if the mobile extended mobile crisis outreach team is necessary. So, um, yeah, we're excited to get this going, and those are the positions. So. Get very on good. and look them up. Very good, very good. Well, thank you both so much for joining us here. And I'm already going to say this now because I know at some point, I'm sure, we're probably going to be doing a a year later maybe yeah. podcast yeah, with absolutely. those that we've hired uh, to talk about what it's been like the last year and, and how it's stats. changed. And yeah. our staff. <laughs> yes. So I'm sure I'm, ar- and I'm already going to put it out there that we're going to come in here and the first thing we're going to go, wow, it's been a year since we sat. That's exactly how it's going to And go. that's yeah. exactly how this, the next podcast is going to start on this. So I just wanted to put that out there now. So when we come back, I can come and say, I told you so. <laughs> and then, and then y'all are going to do your research, your nineties research. Yes. And then you're going to yes, be like, we're gonna oh, so is it a show? Is it a, a song? Because if it's a it, song, we're going to play no, the song at the beginning. No, there was a store back in the 80s and 90s. I guess probably really in the early 90s, Gadzooks. No. Oh, nope. She got the blank stare again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting it. Susie? I'm alone. Oh, I'm alone. Okay. <laughs> um, Google Gadzooks. Um Stussy. Vans. I mean, vans were still a thing. Chucks were still a okay, thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. We know those. Uh, familiar with them. Yeah. 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 So with the type of shoe? No, it's it's just a brand. Oh, it's just a brand. Yeah. It's and they actually, brand. I think, okay. had, I think that they were selling it at Target for a while, like way cheaper than what it was really? back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fast forward if, you know, it kind of went out of style, okay. but then like got picked up. All right. gonna we're know. all going to Google this There's and we're going to see it and we're going to be like, ah, that's oh, what it that's is. You will. You yes. will. And I'm sure I can find sixth grade Stacy in a Stussy shirt. I think oh I had one. Yes. I wore it at least two times a week. I w- it was like my one name brand. Like, I, I was a cool girl in that shirt. Yeah. Well, now you guys need Stussy shirts. We might. We're yes. going to come up with that. We're going to come up with our own brand. <laughs> Don't give her any ideas. Don't give her any ideas. <laughs> oh, what's happening? I think this is the last time I'm going to be given a mic. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> no, in a year, in a year, we'll have this discussion. Yes. We'll revisit. Yes. Yes. And, and you'll be wearing your Stussy shirts when you come in. I am. And you're gonna, is there like a branding issue with this? Like, I hope. I'm um, so sorry if like I'm breaking all like infringement rules because we're talking about. No, not sponsored. Brand. They okay. know that. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Solid. We don't Good. get sponsored. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, if Stussy wants to sponsor us, I mean, <laughs> bands, if we all, you know, hey, whoever wants to come in you and give us. More clinicians then. I know. I know. <laughs> right. Come on, Vans. You want to help? <laughs> yeah. You want to help the world? It can be like the comeback of like, because like Stanley's, they made a big comeback. I couldn't believe that. I was like, my grandpa has this cup. 
Stanley Cups? The Stanley Cups? Oh. Yes, they've been around for years. And that's a thing now. Yes, they, it's all like a big rage now. I was like, y'all, my grandpa has a Stanley Cup. Like, th- these weren't like, this ain't some new cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all, well, see, I think this could be, I think your podcast just like elevated. It went from like law enforcement, behavioral health to like pop culture. I think there this is go. great. All yes. inclusive. Yeah, all inclusive. We are. Yeah, yes. we are on, a, on a train right well, that now. Was your, that was the, the podcast pop culture segment at the very end there. It was. I, I wonder how many people are listening to this have already Googled. Do it. Just do figure it out. Yeah. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if anybody, see if Stacy's alone in this. I know yes. the Gazooks thing, that was in the mall. That was, it was kind of like a hot topic meets, um, I don't know, Forever 21 kind of place. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Like Charlotte Ruse. Mm. Okay. No? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. There we are. Yes. We're awake. Okay. We're awake. <laughs> okay. I want to, yeah, I want to read the comments on this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Post oh the comments, let us know. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you all for joining us here on Waco PD on the B. If you're interested, apply for those positions. Yeah. Yeah. Get something going. Start some. Start something new and be and part of be like part how of it grows. Yeah. yeah. You can, you know, start out and like, again, I mean, you'll get to be on a podcast in a year. And then, but, <laughs> but more importantly, though, you'll get to see this, yeah. this program build from the ground up and get to see it develop, which I, to me, I feel like is probably going to be the, the greatest part is to look back and be like, wow, you know, I mean, y'all got to be proud to, you know, I know it's a lot thrown on you when you're in like Denver, Austin, you're like, oh, this is us. But to look back and be like, man, like, look this at, is look us. How it's we grown, did it. Yeah. You know, and then other departments, you know, come to Waco to see, you know, maybe they're wanting to start it, you know, and then so y'all be the, the Austin mm-hmm. where departments come and look and like, hey, what did y'all do? How'd you get started? So that would yeah. be something to be very proud of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much, Stacy and Susie, also known as Susie. <laughs> thank you, guys. You <laughs> have a good day. I'm Sierra Shipley, the public information officer. And I'm Officer Janae Draper with the Neighborhood Engagement Team. Have a good day, Waco. Waco PD on the beat. The heartbeat serving 